you know, so basically, like, the way that the system works is, like, I don't know how Galaxy was, but they, I think they just made, like, a whole mental health team, I think, not too long ago. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. So now I have another question. Do you guys even, like, as players, do you guys use them? Or do you know players that use, like, the sports psychologist? Um, Honestly. Like, obviously, like, if you're using the psychologist, like, at Rangers, there's a sports psychologist, and I know some guys would go to it. But you know how some guys are, like, they feel weird asking for the for the psychologist because it's like I don't know they it seems like they're going through something or I don't know you know what I mean? Do you think it, it's just taboo? It makes them feel weak and all that. Yeah, it makes them it makes them like like they don't like to be perceived like they need help they need from somebody else or whatever you know. No, that's true, and that's like the biggest issue right now. Like I said, it's so taboo. Yeah, um, and like trying to involve um, athletes, I think it's the best way possible because. Once you open that barrier, dude, you'll be helping up helping a lot of kids that even like look up to you. Um, and we we both know the struggle. I mean, every day, like as an athlete, it's like this. You're literally every day is a roller coaster. You could have the best yeah. game of your life one day. The next day at training, you're like the worst player. And then um, it's how do you manage and how you like handle that player overload and all that like stuff, which I think it's interesting. Yep. Um, it's very I, interesting. And I think people like need like I think athletes need to get away from that negative stigma um, in order to have like the best career as an athlete, but also just like as a normal person, because we Absolutely. have to forget like the there's more to life after the sport. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like we might be like 18, 23, you know, um, but then after 20 year careers over, it's like, what do you want to do next? You know, like what's what's there's what are you motivated to do every day? Like what makes you happy? Um just, you know, to kind of just grow into the man and like the person that you see yourself after sports, which a lot of people don't even think that far ahead. Right. Yeah. But well, dude, it's, it's like, like with that, that um, with that concussion in Utah, like I had a national team camp like a couple of weeks after that. And I just came off of a serious concussion, you know, and I went to the camp, played like shit. And didn't get called back you know if i would have just taken a couple of weeks off you know and told the national team hey i just got a serious concussion like well they knew i had a serious concussion but like for myself told myself hey i had a serious concussion maybe i should lay laid freaking low for a couple of days you know my balance was off you know i was scared to go into challenges like it's like knowing that it was, that a, it was a tough injury yeah dude it was really bad i got hit on the side of the temple hard and it wasn't even like it wasn't even like it hurt that bad, but you know, I got dinged in the wrong spot in my head and it like it, I don't even know, it like crossed some wires or something, you know. No, yeah, definitely. Just to even we're just keep right now, just to give a little bit of background, what happened is we played RSL, um, what we were playing with Patadoras at the time, and then all of a sudden, um, what was the score again? It was one zero, right? Or two zero. Yeah, we were up. We were up, and then I remember we were we were struggling at that point. It was like almost the end of the game and we were getting uh, shots on us. And then you came out with like five to seven big saves out of nowhere. And then and I couldn't went. see though. I couldn't see a thing. I was telling Kenny and whole back line. I was like, I can't see. Like, <laughs> they're, they're like, keep going, keep going. I'm like, bro, the window was going like this. You know what I mean? No, I could, I remember after the game in the locker room, like you didn't even know where we were. It was at, I, we thought you we were joking, but it got to a point where, like, we were definitely worried. And then, um, do you remember? I tell that story at work here, dude. 
I mean, dude, that was a crazy moment for all of us. Like we, what, how old were we? What, 17, 16? We had no idea what was happening. Like, um, I think you started throwing up too, like almost blood. It was, it was, it was terrible at one point. Right. So right after the game, the whistle blows and like, I'm seeing spots or whatever. I don't even shake hands. I just walk straight to the locker room and I go take a shower or whatever. And I'm in the shower and I can like it. The window starts to go like this again. Right. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. And then you guys start walking in, and I'm just walking out of the shower, right? Yeah. And I sit down on that chair, and I'm, like, butt-ass naked. And I'm, like, just just trying to calm down. Like, because I, I know something wasn't right. Like, I was, like, oh, like, something didn't feel good, right? Like, I felt like I was going to die, dude. <laughs> hey, John. Uh, this is Aaron. Survive. Hey, Aaron. Hey, guys. Sorry. Sorry, I'm late. I have a crisis I'm dealing with in Boston right now. I taking phone calls from all over the planet here. Apologize for being late. No, no, no worries. How you doing, Aaron? Good to good, meet you. Good. How you doing, Nathan? I'm doing well. Um, cool. So yeah, let's he... let's uh, rock and roll. Perfect. Do it. Welcome back to California Sports Psychology Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Franco, accompanied with Dr. Carol, our sports psychologist. And today we have a very, very special guest for you guys. Not only is he a good friend of mine, but this player had signed his first professional soccer contract at 17, grew up with the national team, in and out of the system, and is a perfect representation of what hard work and determination looks like for our audience. Despite the countless successes that this athlete has had, his journey was anything but easy. And that's why we're personally excited to have him here today to explain a little bit to our audience about the struggles, the behind the scenes, the come up, and what it's like to be a professional at such a young age. Um, obviously accompanied with Dr. Carroll, we hope that we help. We can help Aaron um, get a better understanding on how he can continue to grow in his career, but also our audience to have an idea of what it's like to be an athlete on and off the field. Um, we also hope to use these techniques that we have found in our book on how to play the best game of your life that's available on Amazon for purchase. And it's also available at www.californiasportspsychology. But without further ado, we are excited to have you, Aaron. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Quite the intro. <laughs> he wrote it himself. <laughs> anyway, yeah, thanks so much, Aaron. It's really cool having you out here. Um, you know, we'd love to. I know you're from LA. You know, Nathan passed on your bio a little bit. You got a really cool story. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story. I got a couple questions for you that are kind of more specific. Um, as you know, this is this is a you know sports psychology or mental health uh, you know podcast for athletes. We want to you know, try to pick out some insights from you over the course of your you know, young and, and, and already impressive career. So I guess if we could just start off by hearing a little bit about your story and you're from LA um, and a little bit about your background and your success early on, uh, being a goalie, uh, playing for the national team, LA Galaxy, et cetera. Uh, so maybe just a little bit about your story and then I could ask you some questions and, and try to dig in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, grew up in Chino Hills, um, played with Nathan both at the Galaxy Academy and Patty Adora's Academy. Um, kind of from Patty Adores, I uh, took the jump to USL uh, with Orange County, uh, Orange County Soccer Club, and then yeah, signed there for about three years. After that, made the jump to Rangers, which obviously they had a kind of partnership kind of going there. Made the jump to Scotland and um, yeah. came back, and, and now I'm back at the LA Galaxy. Great. Um, 
One question that comes up, uh, this is kind of a, more of a specific question in terms of challenges because we've had a couple people, we've talked to a couple athletes. I've been, you know, I work with high school, college pro athletes, and, and this is something that comes up, particularly with soccer because you guys uh, at a younger age get kind of, you know, whatever the word is, groomed, and you guys do t typically do more traveling. But my question is, you know, it's how was that adjustment for you? Obviously, Scotland's an English speaking country. We've talked to other athletes in here, the ones, you know, Germany and Austria and Spain, et cetera. You know, language was one of the barriers they had. But how was um, how was going to Scotland to play to, for Partick Thistle? How, did, how was that adjustment? How was that cultural change? How was the soccer different? That type of stuff. Right. The weather change was, it was tough because you would have to walk everywhere. I didn't have a car or, or you'd have to take the train. Um, language barrier. It was tough at first as well, but you kind of get used to the things that they say. You kind of yeah. pick it up, pick them up for yourself, and you start saying stuff that they're saying. Like I say some stuff today. I mean, that they say, you know, like they yeah. use different verbiage, you know, different slang. Or, but you pick it up along the way, and it becomes, you know, it, it just becomes natural. Sure. Was there anything else that was challenging? Just in terms of, I guess, you know, being far from home, having new teammates. Um, being a young guy in a new city, absolutely all of those. Uh, living alone, well, I had right. a roommate, but that was also, you know, living alone, learn how to cook, and that, um, you know, becoming a man early on. So I'm trying to, yeah, um, just figuring stuff out for your own in a different country. You know, and, uh, thankfully enough, I had a really good teammates. Yeah. Um, guys that really took me under their wing and some of the really good buddies I still have today. And, um, yeah, I was really blessed to have good teammates. What was the biggest difference you saw, like in terms of the soccer play over there compared to your play here? I hear, I hear this a lot from, uh, American players. Uh, it's just a different style, you know, like I can't say one's better than the other, but it's just, you know, different style of play. Uh, I would say. They get stuck in over there, like physically. Yeah. It's uh, physically high demand. Um, you know, the team that I was playing with had been playing together since they were young boys. So their chemistry on the pitch was just unreal, you know. It's right. like me and Nathan. And right. We've grown up and playing since we were young boys. And now they're in their 20s. So they're a really good team. And it was, it was, a, it was a fun time for, for a footballer to join up with a team like that that were such good guys that were such good players that have been together so long. Right. You know, it, it wasn't too difficult to just kind of go and fit in because they took me in with open arms. Yeah. It's cool to hear. Of course. What about some of the training differences or routines? I've, I've heard differences on this end too, with specifically with soccer in Europe compared to the States. How would you, how would you compare the routines, the training schedule intensity, you know, again, like the kind of the culture and work ethic there. Absolutely. I think both sides, American soccer and Scottish football, um, you're getting judged like as soon as you walk into the building. So making sure like as soon as you leave your house, like your all your boxes are checked off, right? You have your own set routine. And when you walk into that building, you're getting judged. Right. And I would say for preparation for the field, um, everything's narrowed down to the tiniest details. So you basically have no excuses, you know, as soon as you hit the pitch to perform, you know. 
And how long were you in Scotland for? I was in Scotland for two years. Two years here. And you came yes. you came right back to the um to LA after that, correct? Yeah. And how did it feel when you came back in terms of the, the transition back? Found found like that what you learned and how you trained over there made things easier in, in LA or harder or what, how, what was that transition like? Made things uh, really easier. Actually, I was built better as a football player, better as a goalie. Um, I mean, it was nice to come home and see my family and kind of, you know, my family can see me play again. And, you know, that was very nice, but again, it's just different. Like the Scottish training helped me prepare for what I had to, what I had to do in LA. But I mean, the LA galaxy is also different in terms of how they train, you know? So just taking the tools that I learned in Scotland and implementing them into the, into the training sessions in LA was, it was, it was, it was pretty easy. And what would you say the biggest, um, I guess, biggest success and then biggest challenge over in Scotland was for you? I know you've kind of touched on it a little bit already. I would say living by myself and kind of just getting acclimated and, you know, making sure I get my groceries, making sure I stay tidy around the house, you know, making sure I, you know, just adulthood things that you don't really get as a kid, you know, kind of just slaps you in the face as soon as you, you know, hop into it. So I would yeah. say not the, it wasn't hard because I, I think I, I'd like to think that I picked it up quite quick, but I mean, as a kid, it was kind of a slap in the face, kind of like a, a wake up call, I would say. Yeah, something I told John uh, on my podcast that we're going to launch very soon um, was that that's something I struggled with when I went to Europe was that the the difference was when I went, I didn't feel like I had teammates. I feel like I was the one competing to get the position. And I felt like a lot of the people that were already in the system that they were already playing, they grew up together. They kind of like pushed me aside. And that's how I felt, at least um, during my career. I don't know if you kind of felt the same way when you first entered, if um, or like you said, if they were just right off the bat, very friendly. Right off the bat, they were friendly. I didn't go through that at all because I think for the goalkeeper aspect, it's kind of like, you know, one guy plays and he's going to play probably the entire match. You know, you don't see goalkeepers right. coming in and getting subbed in very often. But right. the guys were very, very incredibly nice and, you know, still my brothers to the, to, to this day, you know. No, and you had a early you had early success, especially as being a goalie. It's one of the hardest positions to find yourself in, um, and you were able to like peek through that at seventeen. But like we were saying earlier, you were in the national team. You were going to these camps. Uh, actually, John, before you entered, we had this one moment where we played Rousseau Lake, um, and Aaron had a concussion mid game. So mid game, he was telling our defenders he can't see anything. Um, ends up making five to seven saves. We end the game. And we go back to the locker room, and he doesn't even know where he's at. Well, I said, well, I don't understand what happened. So uh, I got, yeah. Explain. I got <laughs> hit in the head. Like, I came out of my box, and I kind of cleared the ball. And I'm just watching. I'm sitting there watching it sail off into the sky. Yeah. And I just get hit out of nowhere, like, kind of on the side of the temple. This guy kind of oh runs yeah. into me. I wouldn't say it was dirty. He just runs into me, right? And I go down, and it's kind of. It, it it hurt in the moment, but I was like, all right, I can get get up and get over this one, and and I did. I was kept playing. Yeah, it's towards it's towards the end of the game, I think we we're up one or two zero. But um, I'm still making saves. I'm still just playing the game. And as soon as the game ends, I don't shake hands. I don't. 
I don't say good game to anybody. I just walk straight into the locker room because I'm feeling it now. Like the window's going like this for me, you know. And I get in the shower and I start washing up and I feel a little bit better. As soon as the shower's done, I start feeling like like shit again, you know. And I I walk back and out of the shower, I walk into the locker room and all the guys are coming in. And I kind of just sit down on a chair, put the towel over my head, and I'm, fuck, don't feel right, you know. I'm telling guys and they thought they thought I was joking. Huh, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, I thought he was like not being serious because at that point he was just saying stuff like he was excited about the win. He was like his adrenaline was just so high, and you could sure. tell. So we just didn't know if he was actually in pain or he was just kind of joking about it. But then, as we saw, like five to ten minutes in, like you could see that Aaron wasn't like um, he wasn't there with us at all. So we we just brought in the trainers from the Rousaw Lake team, and then they they went to take care of him. I think they took him to the hospital that day. And then for the rest of the day, we had just won. We had a it was a big game actually. We needed the points in order to like make playoffs and everything. Um, and they were a really good team at the time. So we were honestly just worried at that point. We we're like, okay, like how is he? Like we didn't think it was that. It was it was a crazy moment. And then we also had one of our center backs that ended up getting a big bump on the side of his ear by the other team. And it was just a crazy moment. <laughs> you remember Troy? You got a concussion. Basically. Yeah, I got a concussion. I'm sitting there yeah. and the guys think I'm joking because, you know, we all joke and stuff. And, you know, you don't know if I was kidding or not, but I was being dead serious. Like, I started freaking out, started doing weird stuff, like saying, yeah. I was saying weird stuff, right? They call the ambulance and the ambulance is taking care of me. I don't remember none of this at this point, right? Ambulance is taking care of me. I guess I'm making out with a trash can that's inside the locker room, right? And they're like, this kid's not right. So they, they take me in. They call my dad. And my dad comes from California to Utah. And I, I basically wake up the next day in the hospital bed with my dad next to me. And that's a serious chaos. concussion. Oh, yeah. Bad. It was a serious concussion. I think it's sort of interesting. Is you know, I'm a former college football player. I, I don't even know how many dozen concussions I had but um obviously that's the talk now in, in football but I don't think we hear about it as much in soccer even though I imagine it happens what kind of sensitivity do they have to that right now or awareness on field you know for example in the NFL and in college now if they if, if referees suspect something they toss you out of the ga- game to get checked out what's it like in soccer right now it's it's completely the same thing if you oh, okay. uh, if you go down and you're holding your head then that's game over you have to st- you have to step out, you know? Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, what was interesting about that too, John, was um, the fact that Aaron had – he got invited to the national team camp weeks after. So he already was rostered um, to go. Where were you supposed to go? It was in Florida, and I wanted to rush right into it and, you know, act like nothing even happened. But, you know, I didn't play very well because, one, my balance was off. Two – you know, I was scared to go into challenges, you know, all of the stuff that goes into getting concussions, like, you know. Yeah. But I probably should have taken a couple of weeks off now that I'm thinking about it, you know. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm just sort of getting at. You know, doctors typically, I guess in football now, it's like at least two weeks with follow-up exams. Um, This, this is great stuff, uh, Aaron. I want to dig in a little bit because, like, you know, one of the obvious questions I have as a sports psychologist talking to you, and I, you know, I asked Nathan the same question in so many ways. It's like this type of, of uh, success early on. You know, you're a young guy and you've had success. You played in Europe. You're playing for the uh, the Galaxy. Let me, how, how do you, you know, how how do you keep your 
your you know pregame um, weekly routines that help you stay. How do you keep your mind focused? And that's the first one. And the second one is how do you deal with stress, either on the field or off the field? Because you know working with pros, I know the stress is sort of mount up as you go from high school to college to pro. So yeah, how do you deal with stress for performance performance wise? keeping your mind in the right place, and then how do you deal with uh, stress off the field? Um, you know, for training and routine stuff pre-game, I think that all goes in, into the week before the game. You know, like you, you do film and you look at the guys that you're going to face on the weekend and you, you kind of get a, a feel of what you're going to – what are you going to play against, you know? So you got to go out and practice for me at least, and I think it's for everybody. They should go into – each and every training session, how they're going to play on the weekend, you know, so going through your scenarios, going through how you're going to feel, going through how you're going to think, you know, going through all those emotions and trying to replicate them as much as you can in training so that when you get to that opportunity and on the weekend, you can capitalize, you know? Yeah, I do. And obviously that's a, that's obviously a great, simple answer. You know, as coaches, you know, I always sort of consider myself a coach. Anyhow, you're always trying to simulate the game conditions during practice, right? So it's like, you know, the stresses in the, you, know, you do your, your routines just as you do in a game, just as you do before the game. You do your visualization work. You know, you have your, you know, what we say, your, your self-statements, your mantras that, that work for you, you know, in terms of your self-talk. And also your breath work. I mean, those are the primary three things we talk about in-game would be your breath work, your self-statements, and self-talk. And then, of course, you do your visualization more, you know, before games and at halftime. Um, how how would you say you've tweaked your routines over the years as you've got to, uh, and and again this is this is a, as it relates to the team training, but also your personal training. How would you say you've upped or tweaked your routines as you've been, uh, you know, climbing the ladder in the, in the pro ranks? You know, as, as a young kid, I would think that you know you put your left shin on left shin pad on before you right. You put on your left boot before your right boot, and then you know you have your little dress routine yeah. but that falls into the factor of you know being what do you call it um you know having the routine and it's sticking to uh what do you call it you get obsessive obsessive and it kind of just turns into like a bad thing you know where where uh it's like you're relying on these things and you think you're gonna feel like this in the game because you're doing this and that's not how that's not what the case is you know, it's 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 how you enter in it's how you it's your preparation before the game, the week before the game, not oh, I'm gonna put my left boot on right before my right. You know, that's gonna make me play good. It's what you've done all week long that leads up into this moment. So though now you can relax and it's all just gonna come. Yeah. Not and naturally, the, but a yeah. little bit easier, you know. One of the yeah, things I remember yeah. remember what Teddy would tell us, Aaron? Uh, he was like, you do the training this week, so then when you're playing, you're just you're literally just playing for fun at that point. Absolutely. The hardest part is during week. When it comes to yeah. weekend time, that's the easiest part. So yeah, of course. No, that's that's why we have routines. I mean, it's you know the whole point of like performance is is execution, right? So we get out there and we don't obviously you have to. There's times where we improvise. You have to be creative, but the whole idea is that we're just out executing. And the other the other piece that sometimes gets overlooked, particularly with athletes, is that you know routines mitigate anxiety. So you, when you have a routine, you know what you're doing. It gives your brain something to stick to, you know, so it doesn't get distracted or wander. So these routines serve so many, you know, beautiful purposes for us as athletes, both during the game and during the week during preparation. 
What um, what would you say your biggest challenge so far has been, uh, Aaron? Um, my biggest challenge, um, I would say, you know, I would say dealing with adversity has been, it's been pretty tough, you know, but it's also been, it's also been something that's made me stronger, you know, like you could, you could take something that's bad happened to you or, or, or like you say, you take a goal, you know, and you eat. It's 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 tough to to forget about right away, but you need to forget about it right away so it doesn't linger, you know. And that falls into yeah. Sorry, what's that? I was wondering if you give us an example of like the adversity you're talking about. Um, I you know I haven't. I'm also relatively young, so I haven't dealt with you know massive adversity, but you know little things like you know making the jump over to Scotland, you know, sure, and then having to come back, you know. And just making sure I'm just staying on top of my stuff and keeping keeping on keeping on, you know, that's the hardest part for me at least is just just stay grounded and just keep plugging, kind of, you know. Yeah, which is also a blessing because it's also not the hardest thing in the world. Right, right, right. <laughs> and what about you know, as we've sort of alluded to earlier here, what about you know finding a balance here? I mean, you know, being a pro and you know again climbing the ranks is you know well i mean even god in soccer you guys have such a demanding schedule at such a young age anyhow how do you find a balance now in terms of being a pro and you know having a life you know obviously you're from la that's great so you get, get some support built in absolutely i would say hanging out with my family has been really really um really really helpful just in terms of playing soccer and and just going about life, you know, when you got your family by your side, it makes you the strongest, you know. So, you know, having them come into your games and, you know, being able to hang out with them afterwards and, you know, kind of just doing things collectively is is what we're all about, you know. And it and it makes everybody stronger when when we're together. And, um, you know, I obviously got my girlfriend too. So, yeah, of course, those are those are two two, two things that really help me balance. That's great. I I think uh, I, idea, I think yeah. I could name a time you've had adversary. Uh, uh, adversity. Adversity. Yeah, because I mean, something that you should know, John, is we kind of grew up in a system where um, it was always like we were either 10, 12 years old, but the, the vision was pro. The vision was you're right. going to work every day, right. get called yeah. to these camps and all that. So I think I remember Aaron, he's younger than me. Um, but he was also in the academy system at the LA Galaxy for the online school. And he was, yeah. I, think, I think you were the youngest one besides Efra Alvarez, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he, at an early age, he was put into a system where it was soccer, soccer, sports, or soccer, soccer school. So he was also playing with kids older. Um, he was always the youngest goalie there. And yeah. we, always, we were always like, why isn't Aaron playing? Why isn't Aaron playing? But it was because he was kind of preparing himself. So when it was time for his age, and playing for his team, like he would be the best player. But I think that takes a lot of adversary, Aaron. Like you were day to day interacting with these players. You weren't playing and all that, but you were grinding with them. You were doing the work. Um, although you might, looking back at it, you might not realize it, but it definitely has. You've definitely gone through stuff. Like maybe not to the extent you think, but it's still a you know it's still a big impact for you. Well, that's I think a good point. <laughs> Yeah, just watching you guys. I mean, I'm working with a guy. I've worked with some guys at Barca in what Arizona is that right? And um, yeah, 
Yeah. Some of the guys on the, on the ILS clubs uh, in uh, Memphis. And I think, you know, it's interesting. I, I, you know, when I've worked with a lot of different ranges of athletes. You know, I've worked with, you know, for example, I've worked with professional dancers. And, like, there's certain sports like gymnastics, soccer, uh, dancing, where, like, you guys are just, like, from the earliest age, start to get programmed. And on the one hand, I get that you love it. I mean, and so, you know, it's, it's what you want to do. And then at the same time, what I'm trying to say is like, it's, it's a lot, you know, just like Nathan's saying, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. I don't think as kids, 10, 11, 12 years old, we quite realize what we're getting into. I was a football and baseball guy. So it just wasn't the same. I'm obviously a little older than you guys. Um, you know, foot, baseball is obviously now a year round thing. Basketball is a year round thing. Hockey's a year round thing. Soccer at a younger age, the pressure begins. Um, so it's tough, I guess, I guess. So another question, uh, I'd have for you here. What, what would you say to some of those young kids who are in that age group where you know, they're starting to feel the same pressure you and Nathan felt again, age, whatever it was, 10, 11, 12, any advice to the young kids in terms of climbing the ladder that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're climbing right now and, and all the success that you've had. Absolutely. Um, you know what? Uh, the first day I signed my first professional contract at 15, my dad was like, he wasn't in the mood that I thought he would be, you know, I thought he would be just like out of his mind. This is the day that we've been working for our right. my entire life, right? This is what right. we've been training for. But he explained to me that, that I was jumping into a big pond with some big fish, you know. It's not yeah. just it's not just academy anymore. It's not just, you know, playing these games and 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 hopefully develop in, into a player, you know. Now you've got a job to do, you know, you've got potentially jobs to take away from guys who are have families and have kids need to provide um, is a concept that I didn't really grasp until maybe my third year of being a professional, you know? So some stuff I would say to these kids is if you really want it, you know, you can definitely go get it. And that's in terms of anything. It doesn't have to be sports. It can yeah, be right. anything you want, right? If you really dig deep and, and apply yourself, you can go and get it. You know, the, the pressure aspect, pressure is good you know if you're not you're not in the right mind frame if you're not kind of nervous going into something you know those little butterflies yeah. kind of get you locked That's in great. in certain scenarios so it's if it's if you can turn it into you know fuel so it can fuel the fire yeah and kind of get you locked in for whatever you need to do no it's great advice actually because we one thing i talk about in here and you know obviously i wear this sports psychologist hat but it's you know i've been an athlete myself it's like there's a sweet spot with those pregame jitters, you know, there's a sweet spot with the kind of natural anxiety that we have. It's like, yep. you know, if, you know, obviously there's, you know, I talk about this too, there's different sports, you know, there's golf and then there's like football and they're kind of on opposite ends. You know, your pregame jitters before a football match and a soccer match are going to be different for a golf match, but you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta have those jitters. Otherwise you're, you're not alive. It's just about being able to control it. Right. And being able to manage that. And that's where some of the techniques that we talk about, which it seems like, you know, to be clear, like you've kind of naturally absorbed, you know, getting into your routines, doing the visualization work, the breath work. And I imagine your self-talk and self, your sort of mantras that you use are just, just, just work for you as it is. Um, so that's all great stuff. And you, it's pretty clear. You've kind of naturally absorbed a lot of the, uh, a lot of the skills that we teach here, which is great. So, and then you're also given, um, given good advice. So we're running out of time here. We've got another minute and a half, but let's, let's do this then. So Minute, minute and a half, Aaron. Um, we can always go on to another Zoom if we need to. Lord knows I hate the gods over at Zoom, but 
Um, <laughs> you know, where are you? Let's just a little insight, and we can always just jump onto another Zoom call. You know, where are you at right now, and like, what do you, what do you, what are you expecting from yourself in the next few years? Well, I am in search for another team right now. I am a free agent um, in the off season, just kind of training, make uh, keeping myself fit for my next mission, kind of. And what I'm expecting myself for the next three years is, you know, I want to make a jump maybe to the MLS or to a league where I can really showcase my talents and show what I'm really made of and um, hopefully make the jump to Europe um, is the goal. You know, one of the reasons I came back here to the States is so I can get a couple games, you know, get some stats, get some games under my belt and head back over the pond to Europe so I could hopefully make a name for myself you know i want to make a name for myself as soon as soon as possible you know so i'm just going to work and you know try as hard as i can until that day comes that's great let's jump on this other zoom and uh and we can close out there i don't want to finish this too too uh too early all right perfect